I'm Miriam Jessier, and this is SEO in 2024. Miriam, what's your number one SEO tip for 2024? So mind is something that a lot of people are going to be interested in. Focus on middle and bottom of the funnel content if you want to future-proof your SEO strategy when considering SGE. Okay, so a few things to unpack there. Shall we start with mid-funnel? How do you define mid-funnel? So let's go back. For me, I need to set the stage. When we talk about the customer funnel, we have the top, the middle, and the bottom. And we think about it in terms of marketing. That's very settled. What we mean by top is, I'm not quite sure what I need. I'm starting to look for it. I have vague questions. Great. Middle of the funnel is, hmm, I think I know what I'm on. I think I need more help and I'm refining. I'm introducing some query modifiers that change completely my expectations in regard to the topic we're talking about. And bottom of the funnel is, hey, I'm ready. Whatever comes next, I'm ready to make an informed decision. So when we're talking about middle of the funnel, let me illustrate that for you. A top of the funnel query that all of us will have at some point in our lives is what to do in Rome. It seems to be one of the cities everyone wants to visit. Now, if we're going to middle of the funnel, David, what to do in Rome with two teenagers? Ooh, that query modifier, that teenager modifier, not the same thing. So the difference between top of the funnel and middle of the funnel, as far as we are concerned when it comes to SEO, is that top of the funnel, generic, vague, prattle, because at the end of the day, that's what it is, introducing you to stuff. Oh, an LLM can do that quite well. Now, when it comes to expertise on a specific topic or two elements that collide to create something new, a brand new starting point, they're not so good at. That's something that humans are very good at because we have experience. So when I talk about what to do in Rome with two teenagers, what's the implication? We know that it's for vacation. We know that there are some problems because if you know teenagers, there's always problems. If you know Rome, you know there's always traffic congestion, there's always tourists, you, you know Rome. Tie these two together and there you produce real value that a machine would have a harder time producing due to the nature of LLMs and due to the nature of human expectations. Love that. And I'm so glad I asked that question in terms of the definition of mid-funnel. So essentially a very generic plus modifier makes the target audience much more obvious and will greatly assist you with becoming more eloquent and targeted with the content that you're producing. So where does this lead us in terms of bottom of funnel keywords? Well, when it comes to middle of the funnel, we haven't really decided if we're going in Rome at the end of the day. We're still evaluating what's going on with the two teenagers. Maybe we'll choose a different destination. I would tell you that in some cases, you may also decide to stay with the Rome destination and maybe leave the teenagers behind. It all depends, right? So this means that maybe sometimes the person will go back to the top of the funnel and start a new journey because they can't get to the bottom. Like that, that road is blocked. But 
if they do continue digging deeper, bottom of the funnel is where you are addressing beyond the initial friction. So the two teenagers, that's the initial friction. If we go deeper with the teenagers, it's more of a, okay, so what are the specific activities? Why are they open in September when you're going to Rome? Yes, am I removing any obstacles that would make you say no to the thing you're considering? Uh, going back to mid middle of, of the funnel just for a second there, what is a good way to measure success uh, of a visitor from that type of phrase, that, that type of traffic? Um, for instance, are we just looking for as much time as possible on site uh, to hopefully get them to re remember the brand moving forward or are there better metrics that we can use? I love the fact that you're bringing this up because it's not about better metrics. The metrics are getting worse for us. So let me explain what I mean. When we're talking about SGE, so an experience that is more interactive in search engine result pages, what we mean is that we are no longer able to capture the reality. Because if you think about Google search console data, you have impressions. How many times have you been shown? But there are multiple things happening in that page. So if you're shown, but you're not part of the main show that the person is engaged with, are you really shown? Are you really having an impact? And when we talk about clicks, well, the clicks happen outside of Google's ecosystem, but most of the experience happens in the ecosystem. And Google doesn't report on that. It doesn't report on the engagements that people have with different elements that lead them further in their journey. So we're going to be losing a lot of visibility in terms of our impact. Does that mean it's all lost? No. In this context, traditional metrics like query reporting, like search volume to forecast things, they're becoming a bit moot. What we need to focus on, we're shifting, shifting towards more outcome-based metrics like revenue. Because at the end of the day, is it at most websites, I'm not saying all websites, but most websites, what they care about is getting people on the website to take an action, to engage and get closer to conversion. So ultimately, if you want to think about SEO performance, you need to tie it to real world performance that is tied to the bottom line. And if you have C-level folks that are really focused on metrics that are like domain authority, or are we number one on this? It doesn't always translate into bottom line metrics that really do serve the company's interest. Not really. So today we have an opportunity when we focus and we want to measure stuff to say, hey, let's focus on what happens at the end of the story. And if you're not comfortable with that, it's fine because it ties into another metric. What we need to figure out, and that's a brand new bold world, is your total addressable market. And when I say brand new bold world is that since these metrics are changing, how do you define your total addressable market? How do you calculate it? How do you gauge how much you have, you know, like 
penetrated that market in that location in organic, for example. So for me, the mid-funnel queries, it's a mix between, hey, does it actually bring home the bacon? Does it really have an impact? And before that, figuring out, hey, what's my real market? Because that's what most of us, well, we don't do. We see there's volume. People look for Valentine's Day uh, gift ideas. Let me enter the ring. Yeah, but what is the real total addressable market? What does the ring look like? Many of us SEOs don't take the time to gauge this. Brown's new bold world. That's a slight twist and old as Huxley there, but I like it. And you also mentioned SGE a couple of times there. So we'll have to dive into that one there. So how would you summarize what SGE means and how it's going to impact the future of SEO? I feel like I'm always answering your your questions in a way where I provide an answer that is not perfectly aligned to the question, but close to it. Let's keep this vibe going. Be patient, hear me out. <laughs> the key takeaway here, and this is something that bothers everyone because we don't want to address it. There's an elephant in the room. SEO used to be easy traffic. No matter how much we used to complain about things getting harder, it used to be easy traffic because we were not necessarily focused on customers. We weren't even focused on product. We weren't even focused on marketing. Like I've been doing SEO that long that I remember we're like, we're number one on red shoes. Woo, we won the world. Nothing else mattered. And now we're kind of forced to rethink this and go, well, it's getting harder and it's getting not only harder, but a machine is replacing me. A machine is giving these answers. What's the point? So for me, what I find very interesting right now is you need to focus on the customer journey. Hey, is that spot in the customer journey um, starting on TikTok? Yes. Why are you wasting budget on SEO? Why are you focusing on this? This is not where people are going to find you. And if they do find you, the total addressable market at that stage, it's probably going to be very small compared to what TikTok could offer, for example. So what I mean by this is you could be producing the right content for the wrong channel or for the wrong reasons if you're only focused on SEO. You really need to consider, okay, out of the entire mix, our entire ecosystem, where should we be putting our money at this stage, at that stage, at that stage? We used to do full funnel SEO for everything and we would want the budget to go with it. But maybe it's an assistive channel in some cases. Maybe it's not the main focus. And that is going to be a very bitter pill to swallow, but that's the truth. And if Google is, Google being all search engines are going in the route of let's fundamentally change the search experience by answering questions, by telling people what the next question should be, by offering perspectives. That's great, but what does it mean for us as experts? It means that either we have to have a more integrated approach, so SEO makes sense in the context of the customer journey, or we need to figure out what it means in terms of content production. What can we do that a machine cannot do? So if we talk about, let's say, SG, so search generative experience in search results, this means that 
you're going in there as an SEO and you don't dictate the rules anymore as much as you used to. And this is, this is a trend in SEO. Like we have less and less control over things. But there's a reason why. Prior to this, we used to trust Google to be a bouncer. We would produce content and go find the right people for us. Bring them to us. Okay. Today, it learned from us and it's able to do that just fine without us. So now the next step is figuring out what can it not do as well. And that's middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel, because that requires true expertise. The stuff that nobody really thinks about telling you. So for example, this is a terrible example, but it's a great one for me. Um, nobody told me that dogs lost their teeth. When they're puppies and they grow, they lose their teeth. And David, that makes sense. It makes sense. But I didn't think about it until my dog started spewing her bloody teeth on my feet. That was a terrible experience. That required experience. You have to go through it. So top of the funnel, you don't necessarily have to go through it to explain it. Middle and bottom, you do. So that's the next step for me in SEO. But I will bring another element here. What worries me is, so we would basically be teaching machines once again how to replace us in the midterm. So if we focus on middle and bottom of the funnel, always keep in mind customer journey because maybe in a few years that will also be taken away and we will have to find our added value elsewhere. So customer journey, absolutely key. It's important to map to the customer journey. I understand that. But what does this mean for a traditional marketing funnel? Do we not need them anymore? I tend to agree with you. We don't necessarily need it anymore because it's a tool for us internally. Does it reflect what really happens in the world? No. I just told you that some folks, they get to the middle of the funnel and then they go back up. Some folks exit completely. Some folks go straight from like one question to purchasing already. So you need to really focus on the customer journey and the jobs to be done. So when we're talking about the funnel, it's like, hey, where do the customers neatly fit into the labels that we need to do our jobs? It's very different from jobs to be done. So jobs to be done, for example, is Excel is so slow and frustrates me. I need something better. Let me look at BigQuery. Let me look at, I don't know, Looker Studio. Let me look at maybe learning a programming language. You try to find solutions to your problems. And we're too focused on the funnel to really ask ourselves, what are the problems that people are trying to fix at each step? Because we want this to fit in with the way we sell things instead. So that means we have blind spots in our marketing. There are so many more questions that I want to ask, but um, perhaps we can have a part two or a discussion panel at some point to continue the conversation. Um, always a pleasure. To finish off, if an SEO is struggling for time, what should they stop doing right now so they can spend more time doing what you suggest in 2024? So if I have one thing to advise you is to do is stop stressing about the metrics that are fluctuating right now. Do your best with the existing metrics. Please give up on personas. Keep the funnel in the back of your mind, but really take the time to focus on customer journey. That way you can actually understand your own blind spots in the content, like what's missing fundamentally to help you get people onto the next stage and become customers. 
So instead of focusing on how can I scale my SEO content production at each step of the funnel, ask yourself, hey, how can I scale a user-centric but product-led SEO strategy? So I know that's a mouthful, David, just bear with me. This means that in this setup, you really need to focus on the problems that you're fixing for people at each step where you can actually have something to say that's meaningful to help them. Miriam Jesse is SEO consultant and trainer at Pragum. That's pragum.co. Miriam, thanks so much for being part of SEO in 2024. Thank you very much. See you soon. I've been your host, David Bain. Get your copy of SEO in 2024, the book, over at seoin2024.com.